BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, beautiful people. My name is Elisa Reynolds, and I'm the executive chef and founder of My Two Cents LA and host of My Last Meal, a new podcast that asks people from all walks of life, whether it's musicians, celebrities, artists, chefs, scientists, Renaissance men and women, what their last meal on earth would be and why. So don't forget to tune in on Fridays. You can find us anywhere you can listen to podcasts, so why not? Let me tell you about the last meal. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture. I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. You guys, hold on to your seats because I'm so excited about today's guest. <laughs> Host, author, and activist, Karamo motherfucking Brown. What's up, boo? How are you? I'm good. You're daytime talk show host now hey, you are that. boyfriend of the year right now <laughs> it, it's your boyfriend's birthday 33rd today. birthday yeah, today, you 33rd. walked in and I was, I was a little rude at first i was like totally in instagram post mode and i had to like come up and say i apologize i'm not being rude no I'm he needs to know yeah, he, he needs, needs to listen to, to this clip exactly. and know that you were all in it all in like, deep did Dude. you write something really romantic? Um, I didn't because I just well, let's see what I wrote. Let's see I mean, what you wrote. it was I was because again I was trying to I said, Happy 33rd birthday to the most handsome man and talented man I know. This is your Jesus year, praying you have a year filled with everything your heart desires. I love you. Aww. It's not romantic. So not a breakup really. post like people thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the reason that we I was focused on the post, as I told you, is because at 7 a.m. this morning I woke up, people were like, Is it your boyfriend's birthday? Why haven't you posted yet? And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> like it just woke up. Like Wait. I was, I was like crazed by it. So you, so you needed to make sure that people didn't. Yeah, I was like, up. we're not apart. You know. What Wait, I mean? so what does having your Jesus year mean? Oh, so like, it's like the thirty third year is when he like did all the stuff that like was good. <laughs> yeah, that was good. So it was like, <laughs> it was like he like I guess that's like when he resurrected and like when he like you know like you know. Led people, obviously. I'm my Christian card is getting revoked <laughs> right now. I don't know. I'm a, please don't let my mother hear this. Oh my I went God. to I went to Sunday school, Wednesday church, and that's what Tuesday used church. To say. Yeah, they used to be like, "This year, Jesus year." Okay, where is that from? <laughs> Wait, so uh, it's a you're from the south. I'm from the south. I'm from Texas. 
from Texas. Somebody needs to write in and tell me they've heard. Write in, Jesus call here. in, yeah, everybody. Call in. We need to check it out. It's we a need... Jesus here. Okay, yeah. G- okay. That's my next like birthday pose for someone. They're gonna be like, "What? What? I hope your boyfriend gets the." He probably won't now. <laughs> so now you're like, is it romantic? Not only is it not romantic, it's also confusing. I mean, it's a little official. Exactly. I have to say, Karamo. Like, have a, your. This is your Jesus. Your here. Jesus here, like. <laughs> Oh my God. So you were saying before, you were saying you're so focused on it. People were writing in thinking you might have, people are really invested in your life. People are invested, which I appreciate because yeah. I, I, I stay open. I stay vulnerable about it. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm fine. Like, give me a reminder because I could have been like drunk last night for Halloween and forgot that it was his birthday. Okay. So we talked about this too. You that. fully went out for Halloween. Yes. At the club. At the club. What clubs? (laughs) Like, what are clubs? Again, again, us gays in the name (laughs) of our clubs. It was called Horsemeat Disco. Oh, is that in New York City? It is in New York City. Stop. It is. Where? Like meatpacking? No, it was in Brooklyn this time. It was like this big warehouse for Oh, okay. It's a a Brooklyn warehouse party. Brooklyn warehouse party called Horsemeat. They do it every once in a while. Everyone is like... You know that line from Mean Girls was like, the real cool girls just go slutty and put... <laughs> yeah, you know? everyone's using that audio for yeah. for Halloween now. Yeah, that was all of us. Oh, everyone was slutty? Every There was no gay in there that really put on, like, a real costume. It was like, it was like short shorts and a unicorn head. It was like short shorts and, like, bumblebee ears. Yeah. It was like... My friends, three of them did Mad Max, and they just wore, like, slutty black clothes oh my god that's so and black funny makeup. And, I'm like, and everyone's hot yeah i think beauty comes in all shapes beauty and comes in all yeah, shapes and so. sizes last time i told you i went to a brooklyn warehouse party i wore a unicorn onesie and was sweating <laughs> and everyone looked like what you're describing and i was like okay <laughs> okay well, we're here now yeah we're here so anyway you said you're from texas yes i am so what kind of a kid were you were you like give me the spotlight kid that everyone knew you were going to be in like entertainment where you are now? No, I was a I was the helpful kid because I'm the youngest of four older sisters. So I was always trained to like move, to do, to act. I feel like Gaga right now. Bus, another bus <laughs> play. It was always like, it was always like, do what we tell you to do. Do this, do that. You know what I mean? And um, also I felt like a protector of my mom. So when I got into high school and middle school, I was always just like the helper kid. So like I was in student government. I was in safety patrol as a kid. Stop. I was a peer counselor. So were you popular? Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't know you could be popular in all those. Well, I also played things. football. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like an overachiever kid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I wasn't popular because I was like the cool guy. I was popular just because I was known. Mm. I was always in everyone's business. So, like, I would be the one at, as a peer counselor that could get you out of class if you had an issue because I could bring you to the counselor's office and then talk to you and do a talk. And so, like, sometimes my friends would be like, I just want to get out of math. And I'd be like, got you. Oh, so, wow. You were the guy to know. Exactly. I can't believe you so always I mean. had that helpful thing going on. I did from early. It's, I'm telling you, it's from being around women because women are the most empathetic and amazing people in the world. And so I just got trained to be more empathetic. You know, like, my grandma was a big force in my life. And she's always telling me you have... One mouth, two ears, you're supposed to be doing one double the time. And so I literally applied that through my entire life of being like in spaces where it's like, I'll just listen. I'll just listen. Listen. You know what mm. I mean? Still to this day, my sisters all call me. They don't call each other. They all call me. How many sisters me. do you have? Four. 
and they all call you anything that's going on that is so much i have two me. sisters so i can't imagine that times two yes and all them the time. calling you with their problems problems the problems with each other with each other i was gonna ask they fight between themselves oh my gosh of course and i'm the one who gets the call do they fight do you fight at all no i don't i don't have any issues with i've never gotten to fight with any of my sisters not one because again like i don't i just sit there and listen i'm like i get your side i understand (laughs) they're always like thank you oh my god and then i'm like well but do you get her side and they're like well yeah fuck you and then like that's always how the conversation goes how lucky are your sisters they're very neutral that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so super helpful, but also involved in all these different things. Yeah, and also, I was also there was not many black folks in my school. There was like maybe six of us, and I at four, 15 sprang up to six three and had a full beard. So I was this exact size at fifteen. What? So of course, like it also just like aided in me being known because everybody else was like. Most of my friends were like young Jewish kids who were like still five seven <laughs> and like hadn't sprung up yet. So like yeah. I like wow. sprung all the way up. I'm trying to find a photo of myself. And a full in high beard full, didn't shave yet. Full beard. Like I did. I started doing a goatee in high school. Wait, so that means you were probably popular. People wanted to date you. Oh yeah. 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 I I I, I started to let people into my life regarding my sexuality. I don't use the term coming out because I you think that term gives people the people the wrong power. So how do you say it? Come letting people in. Because that's the actual letting people into my sexuality. Letting them into my life. Okay. It's because the act of you don't say coming out with my sexuality. You say I'm just coming out. Right. And so the thing is actually I'm not coming out. I'm actually letting you in, which gives me the power to say when I want to allow you to be in. And if you're not healthy for me, it's okay that I don't want to let you in. It doesn't mean that I'm ashamed of who I am. It just means that I'm in a space where you're not the person I want to let into my life. Mm-hmm. And we all do that organically, whether you're straight, gay, you let people into parts of your life. But for some reason, we give this undue pressure to people in the LGBTQIA plus community to feel like they have to make grand announcements. To come out. To come out. And it's right. like, no, I have no shame of who I am. And when I want to let you in, like, I always thought it was absurd that like this aunt that I haven't talked to in years, all of a sudden is at Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm supposed to tell her like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm bottoming on a Tuesday. Like, like, bitch, like, you don't need to know that. Like, right. You know, it's none of your business. Right. Um, I don't know what third husband you're on, so <laughs> why do I have to tell you who I'm dating? You know what Wait, I mean? Wait, so when, what age did you say you, start, you started, I started letting, letting people, in? people in at 15? Wow. Yeah, so I was openly gay. I'm trying to find my high school photo. I'm not. And when did gay. you know, though, Karama? Ooh, I don't know. Like, probably like seven. Like, this is it a is a weird question on. to ask, too, because if you would ask me, like, when you would know, when I knew if I, you know, that that I was straight, I wouldn't know how to answer that. Yeah. So that's also a weird question now well, that I think about it. A little, not really, in my well, perspective. Well, Somebody I would have said, like, I knew that Brad Pitt was cute, but I don't remember when that was. Yeah, because so, when I equated, I equated to, like, when, like, not just, like, a love or an interest was more like when I just knew that, like, okay, puberty's coming and, like, okay, there's something more than just, like, you're cute. It was like, right. I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, hi. <laughs> hi. You know, guy that my sister just brought over who's like, you know, oh, my gosh. I used to crush on all my sister's boyfriends. That's Wait, how I really knew. Was anyone else in your high school? Now, all like motherfucking the entire class. But <laughs> when I was there, just like me. And I was like, girls, y'all didn't want to come help me out. But it was fine. I still had a great, I had great, had a great high school. But like none of them. But like slowly it was like they just one by one trickled out like. You were my hero in high school. Aww. I wish I could have did it. And I'm like, but that's cute. I'm like, fuck you. Okay. I'm like, I, I was like, I needed you. 
I needed you. You needed a community. Exactly. And you didn't have it, though, you feel? I did, because all my girlfriends were great and everything else. I'm just trying. I'm sorry. I'm I know. You to need really to find, find the photo. It. Because I want you to see how grown. You need grown... to put in your favorite so you can whip it out. I, th- I thought that I was in here. Oh, mm. here it goes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. This was me in high school. This was 15. I'm 15. No. I'm 15 there. No. I'm, I'm 15 or 16. I'm not 18. I am dead. Yes. I'm like a grown You're a ass full like, man. You're a full, full 24, 24 year old. <laughs> You're 24 years old. I am dying. And so, look yeah. at that small. This is what I'm using for my promo pics, by the way. So please <laughs> yes, okay, send it great. over. I, will, I, will send this over to you. I love uh, it. Yo, 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 guys. Okay. Let's take it back. Let's relax. I'm just excited to talk to you about Nick's because you guys know that I love Nix, I've shared it on Instagram. Nix is a female founded Canadian company. I mean, I love my Canadians. Like, sorry, guys, love my Canadians. So very much support this brand, uh, especially because it's been size inclusive from the beginning, which I really, really appreciate. But also they make leak proof underwear that could wildly absorb up to eight tampons worth of liquid. I know, I know. It's perfect for periods, uh, light bladder leaks and sweat so literally absorbent like literally can absorb that amount of liquid i know it sounds wild but try for yourself millions of people have switched to nyx and especially because it comes in a range of styles and sizes sizes extra small to 4xl and they also have bras so you can match your leak proof underwear with uh some really comfortable wireless bras i also have nyx uh apparel they make amazing model t-shirts and just everything you could want. So right now you could get 15% off your first order. So you go to Nix.com and you use the promo code not skinny. I know shocking, but that's the promo code not skinny at checkout. So Nix is spelled K-N-I-X.com and the promo code is not skinny for 15% off your first order. Were you popular? I was called fat. I never said this before. No one's ever asked me. I actually was chubbier than all my friends because they were like stick thin. Yeah. So I got called names, which is, you know, looking back, it was hard. And then I like got popular at sixth grade. I embraced that real quick. Yeah, I was you're, like, like, oh. you're like, no more names. I'm about this. I'm about this. <laughs> I life. love this life. So that was fun. But I was one of those girls like I got my period first. Like I was very I was oh, like, oh, yeah, I. I was tall then. You thought I was tall today. That I'm not. But I was tall then. I like grew into myself really quickly. It sucks because that shit kind of still sticks with us. Like. I wonder. I think that my mom did such a good job. I always say this. My mom was one of those moms that told me every day that I was like beautiful, talented, Aww. and perfect. Hi, mom. Where like if I was ugly, untalented, and you know, I don't know. I wouldn't know because yeah. she, I, she literally instilled that in me every day and oh. that's how i feel like i'm can i tell you something that's the same thing my father used to do for me and i think that's what why our asses are in front of the camera my father used to say to me every day you're a champion you're the very best and you're supposed to save the world he would wow. say that every in every birthday card you're a champion you're the very best and you're supposed to save the world and that stuff i used to like walk in a space and i'm like oh i'm, I'm the very best right now i can do this like, yeah. it's weird, like, when you get that sort of affirmation. Like It works. It That's works. why whenever I see, you know, friends that I've seen struggle and then met their families and saw, like, wait, this is how they're treated at home or their parents never tell them that they they look good. They say the opposite. They say you're dressed like a slut or whatever I used to hear. I'd be like, 
Wow. Honey, how welcome lucky. to the Karamo show. Like that's literally <laughs> what my I deal with every day with my guests. I'm sitting there and they're like crying and I'm like, what did you what was this relationship like as a kid? I swear that's like one of the main questions I always ask. I'm like, well, what was it like as a kid? And then you just start hearing it. Oh, they weren't there. They used to say this to me. They used to tell it's me that. It's always from the parents, right? Always, always. It's but the always. parents most of the time don't know themselves because it, you know, generational trauma is so real and we should do more, I think, in like high schools. Like instead of giving like you know, just like, you know, home economics class that none of us use, like really like give practical things that could help people to see how to be better. Like I remember the parent teacher conferences I used to go to with my kids. I'm like, you're really not giving me any tools of how my kids are really acting in class. Mm. And I get it. Most teachers are overworked, so I can't put the pressure on them. But I think if it was school board, I sound like I'm running for office right now. I promise you I'm not. (laughs) I swear to God, I'm not. I know election is coming up. Please, Karamo everyone vote. I know, like, like, but I just think, like, if we talk more about that stuff, because teachers see how that trauma affects us and how other kids act with other kids. And I think that they would have more transparent conversation with parents about, like, what are you saying in the house? What are you, because they're repeating. I think it could break some of that or say to them, well, did you hear it? Just different tools. Yeah. But if since they, we don't have that, we have my talk show. Right. <laughs> right, and it's so, it really is so important. It is completely no joke. We're gonna get to the to okay. the Karama show. Don't you worry. No, the okay, Karama no show worry. is happening right now. But the real world, yes! we cannot forget it. I was a real world. I mean, I'm a reality TV. You're freak. way too young I to have it. known when I was on because I was on 2004. Where were we like I know. four? Three? Okay, thank you. No. Oh, okay. Well, I watched. I don't remember which seasons because it was so long ago. Yeah, 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 it was. But what was that guy, Brad? What season was he on? Oh, Brad was on San Diego, which was right after mine. Stop. Yes. So maybe that was my first one. Yes, okay, I great. I might have actually watched yours. Yeah, but, but I did a challenge right after that. So if you saw the challenge. I, I did yeah, see the yeah, challenge. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back for a moment because yes. reality TV now is so different. Yeah. Tell me how you got on the real world. Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia. I actually had no intention of getting on it. I want like in the back of my mind, I would have always thought it would have been cool, but I was protesting MTV and that's how they found me. Protesting against MTV. Yes. Because? Because there used to be a show on called Pimp My Ride. Right. And I had just gotten out of college and I was working in social services. And I, I, after my job, part of my job was also to run this mentoring program after for the kids to come to. And so my kids were getting locked up in juvie or getting detention because I the program was in South Central. And there was this rodeo drive that doesn't go exactly in a rodeo drive, but like People would, so they would go to the richer areas and steal hubcaps and get caught. And the kids, I would talk to them transparently and they were like, it's because I watched Pimp My Ride. I wanted to do something with my ride. So being fresh out of college, I was like, was like, fuck this. I'm going to like organize and we're going to go outside of MTV Studios in Santa Monica. And we're going to, and I got like 25. Wait, but you were in California. You were living in California. I was in California, yeah. So you moved there. Yeah, I'd already moved there. And so I was like, literally got like 25 people, like five other employees, like 20 parents. And we were literally outside. And some woman came out and was like, who organized this? And I was like, me. And she was like, really? And I was like, she was like, I was like, are you going to talk to me? And I was like, because my boyfriend, he's actually, he was a lawyer at the time. And she was like, your boyfriend? And like, I'm like do-rag looking like, you know, like you remember we the old oversized t-shirts we would wear. So like, I didn't give a gay appearance to this yeah. woman that came out. And she was like, come back the next day and we'll talk to you. She was casting. I did not know that. I, oh. went, I went home and created the most amazing PowerPoint like you had ever seen about the detrimental effects on our society. Wait, well, you thought this was what? 
I thought I was going to get back in, like, talk to somebody about getting it off the air. Like, I thought, like, that's how TV worked. Like, you know, like, I was, I thought I was the original Twitter. I was I like, I'm that. canceling this shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's what I thought. I and, love this. And I went back the next day with my, like, I literally bought, I'm not even joking. I wish my best friend was here, Trey, because he still laughs at me. I also got, like, a trifold, like, science project board. I, I like, stayed up all I'm night. Dying. And I got there, and they were like, so, we want to talk to you about the real world and casting. And the sad part of it is, yeah. like, I threw that fucking science board Aww. so quickly. I was such a traitor to the cause. I was like, you want to put me on real world? <laughs> Fuck these kids. Put me on the real world. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. I wish it had a different ending where I was like, no. I need to, like, stay focused. <laughs> I was like, I swear, I left that oh fucking... God. I left that trifold, I don't know what it's called, oh the science board, in the lobby. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, great. I'm like, what's up? And so the cause has had been left behind. Left behind. Uh, yeah. And literally, they were the end of the casting. And so I literally got cast within, from that day, within three weeks, I was in the real world house. Did you know the show? Had you watched? Oh, of course. I was a big fanatic. I was oh. a fan. Like, like you know, the Trishel Vegas season. I thought everyone was hot and sexy. And I just wanted to be on it. And um, yeah, and I quit my job and went to the real world. And you went to Philadelphia. And I, I don't know where any of those kids are today. Really? Like there's four in prison right now that are probably writing my name on the <laughs> like, fucking wall. You. Like, fuck Karamo. Right. Like, he was supposed to help us. No, because I was thinking that. I was like, not many. Today, you go on reality TV. A lot of the people that go into it usually know, okay, I'm going to get this many Instagram followers. I'm going to get yeah, brand yeah. deals. You weren't thinking that then. No, I was just thinking I want to go. I never, I grew up in apartments. So it's like, first of all, I want to live in a house and I want to live in a house with a hot tub and I want to live in a house full of liquor. Like that was the only thing on my mind. Yeah, like fresh out of college, could you guys imagine? That's such... Yeah, there was nothing... But you had a boyfriend, you said. I did and I dropped him. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God to you, like, I was the most... It just, like, shallow just washed over me. It was like... You were like, bye... Bye kids, bye job, <laughs> bye boyfriend. I was like, I'm going on the real world. None of y'all can, like, fuck with my life anymore. Sorry, I'm cussing so much, but um, we love it. That that was literally. I'm not even joking. So, yeah. how was that for you, though? It was amazing because then I got there, and it was like wake up call. Because back then, the real world was actually designed to put real strangers who had real different issues together, and immediately it was like there was another gay roommate. But like, I was so hyper masculine and so caught up in that idea of like either you're hyper masculine, hyper feminine. So he and I had tension. There was someone who had never been around black folks before. And so we had tension. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's 2004. You've never been around black folks. Yeah. And then I had a, there was a black girl on the show, an African-American woman named Shavonda, who had a bad relationship with her father and her brother. So she thought negatively of me as a black man. And so there was all these things that like immediately I was like, I thought this was supposed to be a party house. And now we're like <laughs> having real discussions on race and like. It was like real and it just So did you step into your role as helpful Karamo? No. No. No, it broke me. Really? Yeah, because I had never been confronted with that much conflict and my mental health and my self-esteem didn't know how to handle it. I would fight and then I would feel so bad. I would go out on there was this bench in front of the house. I would I would go on the bench and sleep on the bench. 
Literally. Because I was just so, I was terrified of being in that house. Wow. Terrified. It just like, no one would prepared me for like what that was. How many months did it, do you stay? Four and a half months. That is a long ass time. Yeah. Like nowadays reality shows are quick. They get yeah. shot. In, They're like you know, seven weeks. Yeah. Seven weeks. It was like a true journey. We had jobs. We had, you know, Right. Lives. They make you take a job. And also like, that was the other thing. Like I quit my job. <laughs> so I didn't have any money. And like, I thought like. They're oh, gonna well, pay everything's for everything. free. Yeah. And it was like, no, they're like, you got to still get yourself breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We just, because we put alcohol in here, there's nothing else in here for you. And so like, I was broke. I did, And so we didn't get our job to the month and a half in. And I was like, I was too embarrassed to tell my roommates who had money mm. that I was broke. And then they're already fighting with me about the fact that like, it was a mess. Have you ever done like a rewatch? I just did because one of the streaming networks put it on. And really? So I watched it, yeah. And? And I would handle so many things differently. Well, obviously, yeah. it's been 20 years. Yeah, but like, but also there were some parts where like, You're I'm like, also hey. like, you motherfuckers should have handled <laughs> shit differently. Like there was a point where I was in the club and it was an all white club and police surrounded me and patted me down because they got a nominous call that I had a gun and they had put me up on the wall. And my two white roommates were in there and they were drinking and partying and I'm like screaming, help me, help me. And they come outside, I'm surrounded by cops and they're like, you're fucking overreacting. It was a prank call. Nowadays we understand like the racism and how it all works out. At that point they fucking did it and they were like totally gaslighting me and making me feel shitty for being upset. Like there was a scene like literally we walk into the house and my roommate, my other girl roommates were like, was, was it really that bad? And they're like, no, it's not that bad. It was just like seven cops around him. <laughs> and I watched it back and I'm like. Oh my God. Yeah. So I I mean, they're doing those real world reunion shows and I would totally be down to go back and do it for like a week. Okay. You guys heard it here. I totally would. I would totally would. Like I would love to go back in the house with my cast. Wow. So yeah. did you know. Sorry, that was a really long story for real. No, I, I love it. Give it yeah. all to me. I'm All of it. It's all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. So bass, but that's spelled B-E-I-S, not the bass, like Megan Trainor's song. I guess that's spelled B-A-S-S. I thought, okay, not like the bass of something, which is B-A-S-E. So bass, B-E-I-S, is Shay Mitchell's luggage brand, and it's amazing. I'm sorry. Don't be jealous. I have two pieces of their luggage plus two carry-on bags, and it's just all the rage okay and when you travel you want to travel in style and also you know having your luggage be sturdy having your luggage fit everything that it needs to having your luggage be able to go in the overhead bin and not being told last minute like oh it's too big it doesn't have not having your luggage a friend of mine just had their luggage literally fall apart and somebody had to like saran wrap their luggage put it together on their way out so they could get home so listen you also don't want your luggage to be like, oh, I'm on a business trip. Like you want it to be chic. And with base, you could get that. You could get chic, affordable travel bags and accessories that look good and are packed with function. So base is the way to go, you guys. It's sleek and it's also affordable. So don't fret. And right now, base is offering my listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash not skinny. Go to basetravel.com slash not skinny for 15% off your first purchase. That's base travel, B E I S travel.com slash not skinny. So I'm trying to understand where the little sparkle of weight 
people like me and know me and maybe I want to be out in the world and on TV. Did that come no, after it the didn't real come world? There because after the real world, I got super depressed and got like totally addicted to cocaine because yeah. of like, because like you get off the real world and like back then it was like spring break tours and college tours. So I was literally to make money was traveling to colleges to party every night of the week. And it was like to keep up with the whole idea of partying, it was like, give me a bump of coke, give me more liquor, because it was like, you're, it was like, MTV people come and you're like all drinking, and it's like me and Ruthie and Trishel and like whatever names from back in the day and that you might remember, and we're like getting drunk with college kids wow. to make money, and you'd give me five hundred dollars in the night for getting fucked up. Did you get addicted? I got super addicted. I got super depressed. I got suicidal, and I thought the world hated me. And so the real world actually destroyed me. It did not, I didn't walk away thinking like, I'm famous, I'm about to be all like amazing. Also now I realize that I was the first openly gay black guy on reality television. So there was this pressure now of like me being a talking head for the black gay community, which I also was not ready for. I was like, I don't even know myself yet. Like, yeah. Yes, I'm black and yes, I'm gay, but I don't know what talking. But where did they want you to do that? Like, was there a Twitter? Was there anywhere? No, to there be? was college college tours. Mm. They would also send us to like anytime you know there was a spirit day or something. It was like we were it that was on television. Right. So, and I was the black one, so I always got invited. And you were over it because I didn't know what to do, and I was depressed, and I was drunk. And so I was you wanted high. to be done. I wanted to be done. And luckily, it did not happen. My best friend saved my life, my best friend Trey, because I attempted and he caught me. He had left for work and he came back and he called the ambulance and I was like in the hospital for a month. And like, I love my best friend. And after that, I started to try to figure out like, okay, let me go back to who I am. Let me, let me go pick back up that trifold and try to help kids again. And I went back into social services and just got really focused on helping people and helping my mental health and just got really focused, got more training. And then I found I was a father and becoming a father is what made me say, you know what? I think I have a voice now that can help people and that I could go out in the world and become something that my father told me I could be. Well, first of all, wow. Let's yeah. take a moment yeah. that you are where you are today. Thanks. That probably gives so much hope to, to kids and even adults that were ever in that kind of situation. I try to be transparent about it because like when, you, when you're in the dark space, you just don't know. And it was dark. And you don't know that it could get good again. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And I, so I really try to tell people like, I mean, I was really, really dark. It wasn't like just like I was sad or depressed. Like my best friend, if he would have not walked back in the house in 30 minutes later, I would have, or walked in 30 minutes later, I would not be here right now. Wow. That's how close of a call it was. Um, and so I'm just like thankful for... And I tell people like, you can get out and there's people like me and other people in numbers that can help you. And so, yeah. So you talk about finding out then that you have a son. Yes. Let's go back to that for a minute. Wild ass story. Wild. <laughs> Wild story. So I only had one, when I was this 15 year old, that six, four, six, three, six, 15 year old I told you about, I had a best friend who knew I was gay. She had a boyfriend and she was like, I won't lose my virginity, but I don't want to lose to him and be weird. So she was like, <laughs> we should lose it to each other. Wait, did she know? Yeah, she knows. Oh. Yeah. And so I was like. Oh, my God. But the logic of 15-year-olds. <laughs> right. 
she, and because I was her good, good girlfriend. Like, right. I wasn't a guy that she saw. I was like her girl. So she was like, I don't want to be weird. And we would talk about them having sex all the time. And I would be like, oh my gosh, you should try it. Tell me what it's going to be like. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? And so she was like, but I don't want to be bad. She was like, should we practice? Was it your first time with her? My first and only time. <laughs> your first and only and time. I swear to God to you, it lasted like seven seconds. And now I have a fucking 20-year-old. Is that, <laughs> is that wild? Seven I swear to you, it was seven. I she she jokes about it. Well, now. she should be proud that it was seven seconds. Yeah, it was like yeah. She's like, hey, yeah, she's like, I got it. Yeah, and then but the horrible horrible part is like afterwards she sat on the bed and she was like, was that okay? And I was like so traumatized. I was like, <laughs> I was like, she got up so awkwardly. I mean, we're we're still close today. Obviously, we co-parent amazingly, but I was the worst. Like for her first time, I always look back and I'm like, you did not deserve my awkward gay ass on the edge of the bed, like. <laughs> Like shaking, like as if I was just traumatized by your vagina, and I was like, "She was like, I know I walked home so felt so bad," and I was like, "Wait, so you didn't know to use protection?" No. Oh my god. No. Wait, so no. your co-parent because the thing was okay. they only told me to use protection for to get pregnant, and I was like, "I'm gay. I'm not getting anybody pregnant." <laughs> like my logic in my head was like, "I'm a homo. There's no. She's not getting pregnant for me." Like, oh my uh, god okay yeah. but you saying you're co-parenting today you're cool yeah but you still didn't she didn't tell you for 10 years well she moved away so i in in people don't realize like you know the time like when i was in high school i went to high school between 95 and 99 there was no cell phones there was no social media mm. so her parents moved like that summer and unless you have an, a mailing address you don't know how to get in contact. They and moved so to a different state? They moved to a different state because her uh, mom was going through something and she had to move in with her grandma. And I stayed in the same place. And so... She had the baby. She had the baby. And she. what she told me now is that she just didn't want to ruin my life. She she knew like... And I, it makes it breaks my heart. And I always like hug her anytime she says this because I'm like, she was like... She's like, I didn't want both of our lives to be ruined. I knew you had a brighter future. So I wanted you to be able to... Not go, hold you back. yeah, not hold you back. And so she's like, I'm sorry that I didn't tell you. And I like, I have, I have no anger. That's the reason really? we've been none because I was like, she was 15. Wait, how did she end up telling you though, 10 years later? Well, she didn't. She applied for state benefits and the state of Texas found me because she had put my name on the birth certificate, which was legal under that, in the Clinton era, is that you could put the father's name on the birth certificate even if he wasn't present. So my name was on the birth certificate. Can I ask a, a really stupid question? Yeah. How did she know it was in her boyfriend's? So this is the funny part. Okay. She. I feel like I'm on your your show now. No, no, no. So she, my son's name is Jason Rashad Brown. And Jason was the name that I used to always talk about. Like, I wish that was my name. Because, you know, having Karamo when I was younger mm. was weird. But she, she didn't know if it was mine or his. So she decided in the moment to give my son her boyfriend's name, which was Rashad, and then my last name. And luckily it worked out because I never had to change my son's last name. So my son has her boyfriend's middle name. Oh my God. Yeah, so his name is Jason Rashad Brown and it's because her boyfriend's name was Rashad at the time. Isn't that crazy as fuck? So crazy. Yes. So I just changed his middle name. We just did a name change. Oh, you did? Yeah, because he asked me. It was really sweet. He came to me and was like, Dad, you weren't there to name me, so can you give me a name now? We did a whole... So what would you give him? Abayomi. Oh, that's so special. So tell me about finding out. So you found out from Texas. You did you call her? No, I at first I thought it was like a joke. I tell people this all the time. Like this was the age of Ashton Kutcher. I thought Ashton (laughs) Kutcher's finance was in my house. Like I really did. I swear to God to you. I literally saw the papers, 
thought it was a joke and then saw my name. I didn't go through anything else, just saw my name. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're doing like a real world D-list, like punked. And I was like, I went downstairs to my car and changed and put on cologne. No, I can't. Because I, I was like, if I meet Ashton Kutcher, I'm fucking sucking his <laughs> dick. Like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like, he's in my apartment. We're fucking falling in love and we're having sex tonight. Like, this is it. Like, you talk about crushes. Oh, Ashton he was Kutcher your shit? was it. Oh, really? I still remember him like from, he was on this show called like, it was this model show that would come on. And he was like in the Ford modeling competition. That's how deep my love oh, goes. Oh wow, it goes back. Did y'all know about that? No. He was in a Ford modeling competition. Did you know he has a twin brother? Ashton has a twin brother? If you tell me he's gay, I'm sorry. On my boyfriend's <laughs> birthday, we're breaking up. <laughs> Wait. If you tell me Ashton. No, I don't think there, he's gay. Okay, you know what? Okay, you we'll might have just saved my relationship. Later. <laughs> you just saved my relationship. I just wanted to know how deep the love goes. It, my love only goes for him. I okay, okay. You don't yeah. care about the man. I didn't go the stalker route. Like, you know, like, okay, I, so you go and change. You think you're meeting Ash. And I walk in the house, and if you would see how dramatic I was. I was like, hi, everyone. I'm home. <laughs> just <laughs> in case. Just in case. I was like, hi, I'm home. No one was there. I'm like going through doors and like looking. And I throw the papers down because I'm like, what the fuck? This is, must be for my neighbor. And, and even though I said my name and I went to sleep and then in the middle of the night, I looked and I saw, opened it up, saw my name and was like, what is this now? If no, Ashton's not here. And then I saw her name and I hadn't seen her name since we were 15. Mm. And then I saw my son's name and I freaked out. And I called my sister. Actually, I went, I called my best friend, Trey, and we went on a, a drinking binge. <laughs> like we went out to the club. And then the next morning I called my sister and was like, hey, so... I think I have a child. And she was like, get your fucking ass home to Texas right now. And she bought my plane ticket. I was at home in Texas. And within two weeks, I was meeting him. It was like crazy. Wow. That is one crazy story. Yeah. Did you have an immediate connect? How does that work? Um, he was 10, right? He was 10. Well, the funny part is I didn't know what to do. So growing up on Full House and Family Matters, I was like, well, anytime there's an awkward situation with a father and a son, you take them bowling. So I took him bowling as our first meeting, our first night meeting, I took him bowling and I was the shittiest parent because I took him bowling to this bowling alley, which is next to Rice University in Houston, Texas. And so I, when I walked in, everybody was like, oh shit, it's Karamo from the real world. <laughs> and I literally was like, I, I went forgot right about back. Him. <laughs> I'm not joking. I totally forgot about him and was like taking shots with college kids and was like there's a pattern here where i just forget children apparently <laughs> like i never realized that pattern till right now and he was sitting in the booth and it no, no joke it took me about 30 minutes to to remember that i had a kid i mean but that's I'm 26 so understandable. you didn't even you yeah didn't know i'm 26 you had and i'm like so like this is my first time meeting we i've only known you for an hour and kids are like oh my gosh they're like let's take photos and like drink and they're like i'm like oh yeah okay great and then i'm like I'm here for a reason. And I was like, fuck. And I literally ran back over to him. And he was like, he was like, that was cool. I thought it was, and he thought it was so cool. The dad was known. Yeah. And I said, I promise you, I'll never do that again. And I never have. I became like a helicopter parent to a degree because I was like always there. I took full custody immediately with her support. And with then, her support. Yeah, because she had four of the kids at the time and with a, with the same man. And so it was like, she was struggling, you know, because he had divorced her. And so, so did he move with you? He moved in with me immediately in Texas. I stayed for two years just to get him settled and acclimated. And in that two years, I adopted his little brother, same mom, different dads. And so by the time I was 27, I had two kids. 
and loved every minute of it. That's a lovely sound to get on your notifications. And if you have the Shopify app, then when you make a sale and you obviously need to also have a Shopify store, you're going to get that notification and be like, I made a sale. It's not so fun. So if you don't know what Shopify is yet, it's literally what makes most storefronts that you buy from on the internet work. So like merch from your favorite influencer, <coughs> KKW Beauty. So it's all powered by something and it's Shopify. So it could work for huge businesses, but it could also work for you if you want to start, you know, sewing or knitting hats and selling them. You could do that. You could create your own Shopify store and it's so easy. You could create your own online store and your vibe and Shopify literally has 24/7 support and libraries that are free full of educational content. So it's super super easy. Listen, you could become an entrepreneur. So not I won't say easily, but you can easily call yourself one and say like I have a brand and a shop and like no one needs to know that you, you know, that you just started and that maybe you haven't made a sale yet. But what I'm saying is start today. Don't give up on your dreams. You want something you, you, you think there's something you want to put out there in the world, do it. And if there's something you want to sell to the world, do it and use Shopify. So you sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash not skinny, all lowercase. You go to shopify.com slash not skinny to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash not skinny. So are both of them with you now? Yeah, I've, I've been having full custody. I mean, they're grown now, so yeah. yeah. So they, but they live down the street. Oh my god! Yeah, what? We're super, oh. super close. I know. Yeah. I saw that, and I saw that you had just opened up about what happened with with Jason with his drug overdose. You were very. Yeah. So in 2020, during the pandemic, like in um, June. My son started getting a little distant, but I figured it was just like, you know, whatever. And I didn't realize that he was getting into drugs. I missed the signs totally. I, I thought he was just messing up because he was done with college. And I thought he was just slacking. So I was like, you need to go to Texas and not be here during the pandemic with your mom. He kept missing flights. And I went to the house one morning to basically like whoop his ass. Like, you know, not really because he was 24 or 23 or 22. I don't know. And... I went there just like scold him and I found him on the floor overdosing. And so, you know, like I just, I'm, I, I jumped into dad mode, got him help, but it just, you know, I just talked transparently about that. And I brought Jason on the show because he wanted to really talk about it. We had never talked about it publicly. And it was just to say like, if this, this is happening in all of our homes, people, this is happening, whether you want to see it or not, the drug crisis in our country is real. And so we just wanted to show like, we, you can make it through. I wow. made it through from my twenties. He made it through. My Did you father. ever talk to him about that before, about drugs and stuff when he was younger? Can I tell you, I didn't. Mm. And the reason I, he knew that I did it because mm -hmm. I was always transparent. Mm -hmm. but I never talked to him about like how detrimental it was. Mm. I talked to him about me getting paid and going on the real world. And I think I might've glorified it in a sense, even though I was saying it like, it was horrible, but he's a kid, you know? Right. And so... Um, and it's also like, I, I never talked to him about my father's addiction. Like my father had addiction growing up. And so it was like, so one of these things where it was like, uh, I should have recognized it and I should have paid more attention. So um, you were hard on yourself with that? Oh my gosh. I had so much guilt. Really? So much guilt. So but much it's not guilt. your fault. I know that now. Yeah. By the way, I tell my clients that all the time. <laughs> 
all the time. Yeah. Like all the time. Somebody, if you someone was in here, I was like, this is not your fault. Yeah. With me, I was like, no, this is my fault. <laughs> You're like, like it's different with no, me. No, it's different with me though. This is my fault. <laughs> this is literally my fault. But you know, it's just what it is. How know? is he doing now? Two years sober. Great. And so it's great because I'm hoping now. So there's some generational curses that I've been breaking that I'm very proud of. So first of one of the generations, I'm not gonna do all of them, but like Every man in my family has had, my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather all had their first child at 16. And we thought I was going to break it because I told everyone that I was, let everyone in that I was gay at 15. So they were like, oh, great. The curse is broken. Ta-da. <laughs> Didn't break it. I had a kid at 16. And so I was very clear about like with my son, like, you know, sex is a beautiful thing. It's better when you wait for love. And he waited till he was 22 to lose his virginity to the girl that he's still with. Aww. And so I was like, yes, no yeah, more 16 year old right. babies. Like we've broken that. And then now with him getting to rehab, because I never went to rehab, and uh, now him having that conversation, him us educating ourselves, I'm like, when he has a kid, we'll now have the tools to break addiction in our mm. family. And so I'm kind of like proud of where we're going yeah. as a generation. And how courageous of him to open up on it on open up about on your show. Yeah, we're a very talkative open family. We're very talkative. I because the thing is is that I don't believe in like hiding. The more you like hide stuff, the more you like let it in, the more it festers. Yeah. It gets worse. Just like let it out. And then it just humanizes us because like everyone's going through the same crap. I'm telling you, working in social services, being on a talk show, having my own talk show, I hear the same story over and over and over from women, men, families, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wives, father, son, mother, daughter. It's like clockwork. Yet we sit in our homes and we think this is no one having no one. Else. Right. And it's like, it's all people going feel so alone. It's like with, you know, when I talk about my anxiety, I talk about it, well, because it's real, but also I just know how much even another person saying it, it's not like misery is company. Yeah, not at all. It's more like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Yes. It's because it's so isolating all these so things. So isolating all these things. Even though it's so common. So common. And I hear it all the time. And so, like, for Jason and I, he just learned through me, like, just be transparent. It's okay. Wow. So he really got that yeah, got, got that, that passed down. Yeah. So another thing that happened during COVID you were open about is your breakup of after 10 years. I did, girl. <laughs> you broke, <laughs> girl I broke I it up. No, you were engaged. You had a long time love. Girl, I was supposed to get married September of 2020. And, girl, thank God for Miss Pandemic. Really? That was the only part of the Miss Pandemic that I was happy about. Because it wasn't good? At the end? I just knew that I wasn't. No, it was. I just knew. I knew five years in that. Not not five years. Seven years in that, like, maybe this is not right. But kept going. Yeah, because I was like, I came from a broken home. My parents got divorced. So I was like, I'm not a quitter. We're mm. staying together. And I was like, we're going to do it. We, you know, he was there while I was raising my kids. You know, he, they call him pops even to this day. Oh, wow. Um, He and I still have a great relationship. And so, but I was just like, we're going to stick this through. And then the pandemic came and I was like okay, let me have a transparent conversation with you. And I'm talking to myself. I was like, is this all there is? Like we stopped, I'm going to be way too um, transparent, but we stopped having sex like those last two years. We were just like cohabitating. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fucking 38. Why am I cohabitating? Right. Like I should be like, sex should be on the menu every single day. Right. And it was not. And, and that I was, was like, like your ding, ding, ding. That wasn't though, because I I had settled myself with like, okay, this is fine. Like, this is that like when we're sixty, it's not going to be about sex, so it's fine. Like, it's, you know, like that's what <laughs> I kept rationalizing. Ready for 60, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, this is what it is. Like, this is you know, like if I'm only staying in for sex, like then I'm like like the shallow. <laughs> but then it was like other things. If I was like, 
well, I want to like travel every, all the time and you're more settled. And I like, I want to do these things. And I was thinking like, maybe I want to have another kid. I was like, you don't like, there was all these things. And I was like, so it wasn't the sex that got me. It was like the other things that said, is this the life that I want and that I deserve? And when I really had an honest conversation with myself, I said, it's not. And so I need to go get what I want and what I deserve. And um, ended it. And luckily we had a very like cute with a conversation, a second conversation. I'm good with like, I'll listen to you. I don't even need to say anything because I don't need to be in defense mode. I'm giving people tips here. Like, you know what I mean? It was very much like, let me validate your feelings. And it ended nicely and we're still friends. Oh, that's amazing. And how long after I heard you met your current boyfriend? Yeah, on IG. On IG with an accidental like. Yes. Wink, wink. Like, no, accidental. He didn't, ha- he didn't have any photos of me. He's fine as hell. And, <laughs> I saw the muscles. Yeah, he didn't have, I saw the muscles on the he didn't have any photos of himself on it. It was like his photography page because he's a photographer. And so I liked the photography. And then he hit me back and was like, oh, hi. And we just started talking. And then I saw his real page and I was like, oh, shit, dad. You're amazing. And then, so DMs. DMs. And then, I, but it, I move fast. I'm a Scorpio and we move quick. So you got, so it's two years in. Yes. And birthdays are a day apart. Birthdays are a day apart. We're doing great. But we were talking transparently before. Yeah. And I was like saying like, you know, I get nervous sometimes because he's 33. I'm 40. I'm about to be 42. And so it's like, there's different life things that we're at, like career wise, where he's like starting out and growing. I'm already established financial stuff also you know like you know i want marriage he's younger and he's like i don't know and so it's like nothing is causing a problem but i get nervous about them so like right now i'm having in the place of like let's have conversations yeah about those things and is he good at communicating like you yes he is okay he is he is he is he is, he is. so you see this as i hope yeah i hope girl i hope, I hope. so too. i hope you know what i mean but if not but if not real talk i i i'm i'm one of those people that i know that what needs to be will be and what will yeah. come will come. Like You're not worried. No, I really believe in the law of abundance. And I believe in abundance of love. And I believe that as long as I'm good and I'm healthy in my mental and emotional state, that I'll find somebody. Yeah. But I'm but, hoping But not. they're very together and they're very in yes, love. Okay, everybody? Love. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, like I said, that is very doomsday. <laughs> but I'm like, we're in a very good place right now. But like, you know. But yeah, but you're having conversations about the different Yeah, because you have to. Like yeah. these are things in relationships like, like I tell people on my show, it's like you have to be able to realize what your differences are. Yeah. And you can't be afraid to bring them up because a lot of times people get afraid that if I bring them up, I'm going to offend the other person. I'm going to start drama. I'm going to like whatever thing we tell, tell ourselves. And I know from very early on that if you don't communicate about these things, whether it's like small things of like how you how you, you know, keep the house clean or how you communicate with your mother or how you, you know, how you you socialize or don't socialize. If you don't communicate about them. These small things get raveled in with bigger things. And then you have all of a sudden like where you're like, we need a divorce. And that's right. why so many people are so unhappy in their relationships. They can't end amicably. And I'm just like not for that. I'm like, let's just be real and communicate because we're two different people trying to mesh our lives together. Yeah. And it's okay if we're different. Yeah. And I think sometimes in relationship, people think that they have to be the same. It's okay if you have different ideals. But you also have to be honest if someone's differences are not where you want to be. And it's okay to say like, because I used to do this. I was big on this. Sorry. But I was big on like, I'm willing to wait and hopefully you change. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm that girl. Yeah. yeah. 
Not anymore. Yeah. But before I was like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I see the potential. I'm totally <laughs> going to wait because you're gonna get there. And so not anymore. No. Like you're willing to meet in the middle now. Meet in the middle. I'm not waiting for five year potential, girl. Okay. Like potential does not pay bills. Yeah. Potential does not give you orgasms. Potential does not give you what you need. Okay. Like. I need you to have that kinetic energy right now in movement, okay? Not that potential energy, that stagnant we're waiting on, okay? Yeah. And so and so now it's like, okay, you don't have what I need, but let's talk about where you are. Yeah. And if actually if that's something that I can deal with and vice versa, what do I might not have, you know what I mean? So You're like, no, but I haven't. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no we all have our flaws. Yeah, like, I know, you know, I know. Yeah, like I'm super impatient. That's my thing that I'm working on now. Are you still... Not sure what to get your favorite people for the holidays. I don't know why I thought I could make that a song, guys. I don't know who I think I am. Like, I think I might think I'm Miley Cyrus. But I just want to make it very clear that if you don't know what to get people for the holidays yet, Macy's has a gift finder, okay? The gift finder makes it so easy to get your mom, grandpa, or BFF a dream gift at any budget uh, from Lux to $15 and under. I mean, don't cheap out and unless it's like a coworker. So you could check out those ideas at Macy's.com slash gift finder. Now, if you do know who you're looking for, but you're stumped on what to get them, you can browse curated shops and gift lists for the jet setters, the one that has everything, the pet parent, and so much more. Now, if you or your special someone is brand loyal till the end, don't worry because Macy's got designers for days. Coach, Ugg, you know, we love it. Kylie Cosmetics, highly support the lip kits. Free people, you know, I'm a boho she kind of gal. The list goes on. So, guys, if you're proudly like, I can get my gift shopping done the night before, treat yourself. Also, maybe you need a new set of fluffy house slippers that you want to get on, you know, the holiday vibe with new ornaments, lights, and whatever. Don't forget your R&R essentials and your fave skincare products all at Macy's.com slash gift finder. Make your, you know, holiday easy peasy. Macy's.com slash gift finder. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I want to talk about Queer Eye because obviously so many of us, you know, know you from there yes. and love the show, are yes. huge fans of the show. Is there another season coming? Yes, New okay. Orleans. We just shot it. And well, you are a busy man. Yeah, she likes a coin. She likes a check. She likes to help people. <laughs> she likes all of that stuff. So you just shot New Orleans. Is that season seven? Seven and yes. But, you know, sometimes they split it. So it might be seven and eight. Mm. You know, I never know. But it was a lot of fun. I love those four yahoos with all my goddamn heart. Yeah. I was supposed to go to Heidi Klum's party last night with Anthony and Jonathan and... Ended up having to working, and me and Carlos just stayed home, which I was so pissed about. And you didn't get to see her as a worm. I didn't get to see her as a worm. <laughs> she's, oh, crazy. she's crazy. <laughs> she's I crazy. Know. Her commitment to costume is everything is, to me. I, know. I had a cute one. I was a male Cruella, and I had like everything. Aww. But anyway, so I love them. And, you know, one of the things is like, we're all hoping, like, even when this season comes out, that it does well. We've been doing well. And that they give us another one because people are always like, oh, y'all are all doing your own projects. And we're all like, oh, but we still love this. Yeah. And it's so funny how people want to break us, us up. Yeah. And like, 
think that we want to end the show just because we have another thing. It's like, no, girl, we can all multitask. Yeah. Like, it's okay. So tell me about getting that show because you said you, after the real world, you know, you went through all that difficult stuff. You went back to social services. Yeah. Found out you had a son. How did you end up on Queer Eye? It was because of Andy Cohen. I was watching Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. And Carson Krusty was on and they said they rebooted it. And um, if you guys don't remember, Queer Eye was originally on Bravo. Bravo back in the yeah. day. And so they were talking about how they rebooted it. And Carson and Andy was like, oh, are y'all all oh, the original Fat Fives coming back? And they were like, no, they're giving a brand new Fat Five. And I was like, girl, I need to be on that. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. And so the next morning I woke up and I was like calling everyone trying to get myself in. And I had just signed with this agent who I'm still with. First agent ever. And I was like, you have to get me in. He called and he said, they said they're done with the casting. I said, no, I know in my heart that I'm supposed to be here. And he called around, he called this woman named Gretchen, who's the head of casting. And she snuck me in for a legitimate interview two weeks before they did their final casting. Like they had already been doing casting for a year and a half. Like Jonathan started a year and a half, 10, a year and a half. I was like at the very end. Wow. And we just talked and she liked that I could talk. Mm. She asked me what category, and I was like, "Girl, I don't know. I can't cook." I was like, "I guess." I was like, "I can cook a little bit. I can do a little fashion." I was like, "Girl, what? what is there a category for all of them?" She was like, "I guess you're gonna go out for culture." And I yeah. was like, "I was like, okay." <laughs> and so they literally brought me to the chemistry test after that first interview. After that phone interview, like, and literally the chemistry test was like two weeks later, no joke. And that's when they picked the cast. And I tell you this: when I got to the chemistry test, the first person I met was Tan and Bobby. And we hung together and then Anthony came over and then Jonathan and we had already clicked as a five and we didn't know that we were different categories. And I think that's part of what helped us is that we naturally became friends Yeah. in that first thing. Well, Jonathan was all, he always says like, girl, I was, she's like, girl, I was like wanting the show. I, it could have been y'all four, anybody <laughs> other four. Like she said that, she's like, you know what I mean? But I, in my mind, I'm like, girl, you knew you were with us. Yeah. You know? That you yeah. were meant to kind of do this together. Yeah. And you have such and good so chemistry. And so when I got to the casting, everybody else was like art museum people. They had, you know, were in ballets. And I was like, I'm supposed to go up against them. I was like, I'm a mental health expert. I was like, so I went into every like session because they'd bring us in. And I'd be like, well, I want to talk to people about their feelings and like figure out what's going on the inside. And I know those other culture guys were like, oh, he's going home immediately because they were all like showing like, their art and like their ballets oh, and their playbills. Oh, like culture in that aspect, like culture. Culture. Oh. That's what everyone in that. It was like thirty guys or whatever. And you and like took were, it to a different place. I was like, completely. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I, was like I, I can't compete with you. I was like, I can only talk about what I know. And I was like, I know about relationships and mental health. Yeah. And like, and they were like, and they took a chance yeah. and it worked. Wow. Yeah. But nobody else in that casting was like doing what I was doing. They were doing something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. So yeah. who are you closest to from the Fab Five? Bobby and Tan. Yeah. Yeah. And I Bobby, because we're the oldest and we're both from Texas. And so we just have that nature. Tan because he's the glue of the Fab Five. Yeah. He really is. I'll say he's the only one that like if there's a decision that's split, he's the person that can get all of us to get on the same page. Oh, I love that. You would think it would be me, but I'm so fucking stubborn <laughs> that I'm like, no, it's I'm I want this way. Yeah. And then you have Jonathan on the other side, who's also stubborn. You have Anthony, who's sort of like very, very mild mannered. I don't want to say timid because he's not a timid man, but like very much like I don't want the conflict. And then Bobby is also very like strong willed. So Tan is the glue. Um, but I like that. 
because yeah. it counterbalances with me. And then like Jonathan is the one that I'll go out with all the time. So I'm close to him in that in- instance. And then Anthony's the one that I'll have like deep conversations with. Yeah. So it's like weird because I'm close with all them. With all them in different. But Bobby, I would say is the closest. We're neighbors. Our houses are two minutes away. Like I can see his backyard from my backyard. Oh my God. I love that. Are okay. You, do so you or I, are we kind of weirdo? No, I love that. <laughs> do, I, love, do I love, I live in the same building as most of my family. So you, okay. So yeah, you get I get it. Okay, it. I get good, it. Good, good. So would you say that your show, The Karama Show, is kind of an extension of what your role on the show, Queer Eye? Yes, but it's more so the scenes, like, because in later, like, once they caught on and people finally understood, because season one and two, people didn't know what I was doing. You know, they were like, <laughs> they're like, what is his role on the show? They're like, what is he? He's just, talking and then like as it got as then we got into season two and three i mean three there really three is when people realized what i did and they mm. were like oh she's the girl that goes deep she's the one that like does the wrap up on the inside yeah. the self-esteem the mental health but i promise you season one and two people would be like you felt it i felt it i read it really? i would we'd go into interviews and they'd be like so <laughs> so we know what they do and you always had to like explain always had to explain mm. You know what I mean? And even season one, they used to actually like cover up my long conversations and make me do these like weird projects where like I would do like build a website (laughs) and like or because they didn't know because everyone else had an action. Mm. And so they were like, you have to have an action. And then like by the time season two came around and people started to pick up and they were like, oh, like when he comes on, I get an emotional cry. I get a like cathartic moment. Then by season three, they were like, we don't need any more of the like you know stupid stuff we just need you to talk yeah and um and so but in later seasons like six and seven like there's an episode where like i brought together a guy in a wheelchair with a man who shot him there's an episode in season six where i brought together this latino man and his whole entire family that they you know and they started seeing that i could go out of just individual conversations Mm -hmm. and that's where my talk show more so extended from of like they saw that i could actually really help heal relationships between a guy who got shot by a man who shot him and like family members who were apart that they were like, boom, okay, we can see this. Yeah. yeah. So and then that's how the show came came to be. Yeah. And you were telling me, I, I asked you when you walked in, I was like, oh, daytime. Cause that's what you kind of hear the daytime talk shows. It's like really hard. It's a grueling, it's a grueling, but I love but it. But you love it. I love it. Because the thing is, is that for my, the intention of my show and anybody who works on my show, they'll tell you like, before we go out, I pray even though I didn't know what Jesus here was. <laughs> Not to do a throwback, but still don't know what Jesus did on his 33rd year. But apparently I'm telling people that. But I pray, and I always, at the end of the prayer, I say, our intention is to make sure they leave better than we found them. Mm. And so at the always on my show, no matter how much people like are in chaos or feeling like struggles, I literally always make sure I give them clear advice. I'm a really good listener and I hear all the nuances and I make sure they walk away. And then like I give out therapy on my show. I am like really making sure people feel better and empowered when they leave. That is amazing. Yeah. And Where so can people the, catch it? Well, you go to karamoshow.com and you can check your local listing because it's nationwide. It's nationwide. 90, yeah. 90 percent? No, we're at 100. We were 90 when we announced. Oh. Yeah, we're at 100%. 100% of the, of the country. country hey, I and love girls, some it. places like shout out to Oklahoma. Y'all are like showing up and showing <laughs> out thanks to like. Like Kentucky girl, like there are places like I've never been that are like showing me so much love. You oh, know you I mean? look at ratings and we things have like that to because it's oh. like not streamers. It's like they like it's, look and see like girl TV. who's turning it on. Yeah, yeah. Well, Karamo's turning it on. Everyone, go to KramaShow.com, yes. find out 
where you can watch it. Where you can watch it. We'll tell you what station to watch it. We also are on Nosy, which is like a like a Hulu type, you know, like streamer. And so we're there. And oh, you can also watch it on Hulu if you do the Hulu live. Oh, if you do the Hulu live. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to watch this man oh, in any way sweetheart. that we could? I love you. Promo, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I feel like I I'm could new. talk to you all day. We are literally Hold on, girlfriend. Probably went on I way too long. Yeah. <laughs> but girlfriend, let me tell you something. If okay. we actually did hang, because yeah. I'd be asking you a lot more questions. I know. I, I had to stop I know, I myself. Could tell. I could tell. Yeah. I, I want to ask you like yours as well. I know. I could tell. You need a podcast too. No, I need to just come over for drinks. Okay. Let's do drinks. A drink. Without the club though. Oh, yeah. Without the club. Thank you, yes. Karamo. You're Thank literally you. the best. Thank, Thank you. you. you too. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Not Skinny But Not Fat. Follow me on Instagram at Not Skinny But Not Fat. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Rate the podcast that you love so much on Apple Podcasts and write a little review. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.